Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode three of the Footy Bros Premier League podcast. Game week six already in a quick moving Premier League season. I'm Brandon, your host, and alongside me, we've got Chase again. Hello, everybody. We have a ton of stuff to talk about in this one. Uh, we're going to start off with the analysis and reaction from game week five, the previous week. There's a lot of headlines, a lot of news and things to talk about from that week. So getting right into it, the first match of the weekend, the early game, as expected, an exciting contest, Spurs and Liverpool matched up. What did you take from that one? That first 20 minutes from Liverpool was amazing. They put on a crazy press. They probably should have had two goals in that quick 20 minutes at the beginning of the game, don't you think? Easily, yeah. I think they did waste a lot of opportunities. I think the front three didn't really have their best shooting day or finishing day, but Liverpool could have easily had three or four in that opening uh, 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. Uh, just getting that goal with Genie really helped him out to settle down a little bit, I think. They getting that goal with most- who? I'm sorry. Genie Wijnaldum. Genie yeah. <laughs> Wijnaldum. Yeah, a freaking header too. Yeah, and his first away goal in the Premier League, uh, believe it or not, and that is including his time spent with Newcastle uh, before he came to Liverpool. It took 59 Premier League matches for Genie Wijnaldum to score an away goal. That's crazy. Yeah. his Two, two seasons of straight away games. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, it took more than 4,600 minutes, which equates to... Over 191 hours, which is just shy of eight full days of playing time on the pitch, it took him to score <laughs> an away goal in the Premier League. So hats off to you, Jeannie Wijnaldum, for, for getting that done. So I bet he was relieved. Yeah, oh yeah. And he did mention, I think, after the game that uh, you know it, it was a relief to get that, that uh, <laughs> That's off his chest to actually score an away goal. So That's got to uh, be the longest drought without an away goal or something like that. There's got to be some random stat from Roto Sports or something about that. Yeah, he was at the top. Uh, I believe this stat has now... The next guy in line was a former QPR player I was reading uh, from, I think, the mid-90s. I think a defender who had a... a, a which is understandable. A defender had a long stretch of, of uh, games without an away goal, but good for Genie. Uh, good win for Liverpool. Oh, yeah. Huge headline in that one was the irony of at the end of the game, Mane appeared to have tripped up uh, Son at the end there when he was attempting a shot. Mm. The irony is that there was a penalty called against Virgil van Dijk in a challenge last year at the very end of the game, and this one was not called. What was your take on it? Did you see the challenge? Did yeah, you... I thought it was a penalty, to be honest. Yeah, he followed through and got yeah. him, didn't he? He clipped him. I think he did. I, I know it's accidental, but clipped him in the box, took him out right underneath him. He was about to shoot, too, and took yeah. him out right underneath him. Yeah, I think Mane mistimed the challenge. Mm-hmm. And he's he, not used to that. Yeah, no, he, he got away with it there, I think it's fair to say. But on the 90 minutes, on the day... Oh, that's a hard call to make for that ref. He's got to have some big balls in that moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think Liverpool deserved the win Oh yeah. at the end of the day. They dominated for 90 minutes plus. It's fair to say, yeah. There, there was maybe some iffy moments with Liverpool uh, defending, but I think overall they were very complacent and, yeah. and deserved the, the victory for sure. So Liverpool, with that win, they stay a perfect 5-0-0, so five wins, no draws, no defeats in the Premier League. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> 15 points out of 15. It's a fantastic oh, start. Yeah, I am absolutely stoked. The big thing for me with that is you've beaten a quality Spurs side 
but you've also done that on the road. I know that's not technically Wembley is not their permanent home venue. However, and the next a time tough game. Well, right. And the next time these two teams play, they have to play at Anfield. Yeah. So that's not going to make it any easier for Spurs. So I'm feeling really good, of course, about that victory. And it's a good momentum booster, uh, you know, for the upcoming uh, games in the Premier League because Liverpool do have a tough stretch of games here, and that's a, that's a key win mm-hmm. uh, for them. Moving on to Bournemouth-Leicester, let's just say this scoreline was not at all what either Chase or myself predicted. Oh. ended up being a much higher scoring affair than we anticipated. Bournemouth poured on the goals, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan Fraser stays in form once again. He's been immense for them this year. Him and Callum Wilson have a great chemistry, and it just is working out for them. Eddie Howe's got them rolling again. How many times have we said that in the past, like, four, five seasons? Yeah, Eddie Howe really just brings a togetherness in this team, I'll tell you. I don't know if they have the quality of players, but it's mm. just a togetherness that they have, and they just want to fight for each other, it feels like. Yeah, Ryan Fraser has been outstanding. He it, is really He's fun confidence. to watch, too. He is. He's yeah, a little he, short guy out there. Yeah, man. he's an entertaining player. Uh, so 4-2, that one ended. Uh, Bournemouth at one point were up 4-0 and you know, kind of took their foot off the gas at the end of the game. But Understandable. Always comfortable. Yeah. Always a comfortable win. Very outstanding performance. And uh, that's three wins in their first five matches in the Premier League this year. Uh, it has them sitting fifth in the table. Not bad. Not no, a bad start no, at all. No, no, no. Uh, Bournemouth also had four. Uh, obviously, they scored four goals, but four goals from five shots on target. So very efficient <laughs> uh, from their standpoint. Very good performance. FIFA stats. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking when I said that too. Uh, Chelsea Cardiff. Congratulations, Chase, for calling the uh, Hazard hat trick. That's he only did his second ever for Chelsea. Really? Yeah. I. I would have never guessed that. It seems like he always. I know he's not been a extremely potent goal scorer but it seems like you'd have more than that no? yeah I, I feel like for the player well i feel like whenever i watch him he scores two and then he gets brought off and he gets a standing ovation yeah he, I, I bet he has a lot of braces though yeah he's got to have a lot of braces because player of that quality two hat tricks doesn't even seem right to be he's honest. such an important player for that team yeah. yeah it doesn't seem right it's crazy to even think that's wow two quick start from cardiff and it kind of just went downhill from there yeah, Bamba had a nice goal, and obviously he was very, you know, excited, uh, you know, passionate. He's feeling Running it at that moment. People Running, to shut up and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but that quickly, you know, you're playing a quality side like Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. You, there's so much time left in the game after he scored that goal. You always felt Chelsea were never out of it. You know, only down one nil. So, yeah. I mean, the stats clearly show Chelsea. They dominated. Dom- yeah, seventy-seven percent possession. They outpassed Cardiff. They had 766 passes to Cardiff's 227. Wow. <laughs> About three and a half to one ratio there. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that was always Chelsea's game to lose. And Drew uh, had two assists, right? I think he had Hazard both his first two. Yeah, Olivier Giroud proving that he's more than just a, you know, a target man or a poacher. He had two assists. You know, he's contributing in, in different ways for that Chelsea team. Oh, man, his hold-up play with Hazard was amazing. That first goal, mm, that was nasty. Double give-and-go, and, go and yeah. Hazard dummied it and put it in the bottom left. Yeah, Giroud, it was a very comfortable, assured performance from Giroud. It's good to see uh, that Chelsea side is clicking as a unit. Huddersfield Crystal Palace. 
Zaha. This game was defined by one moment of sheer brilliance. Yeah. That's what it came down to. And I remember talking about it last week. I didn't. We didn't really know if, what was going to happen if Zaha didn't play. And if Zaha played, we figured Crystal Palace would win. And look at you. Zaha comes in, scores a goal. And, yeah. But that moment of brilliance was around Zaha. It wasn't just the goal. The, the finish was outstanding. But leading up to that, he gets the ball on the flank. It's a, It looks like a standard situation. He's one-on-one. Defender just got to kind of hold his ground, and he'll he'll stop him, right? He'll block the cross, or he'll stop him from cutting inside. But Zaha, just that you know, great close control. He knew he in his head he knew what he's going to do the whole time, mm-hmm. and he just caressed that and decided that beautifully, and uh, that ended up being the difference. I think uh, Huddersfield actually outpossessed them and outshot them that game. They just didn't. They did. They outshot Palace fifteen to seven, but wow. they were poor in front of goal. They had a couple of really solid you know pretty much gold you would consider them golden chances opportunities and uh they just they were not they were struggling to uh to basically uh, that final the end product was a big issue for Huddersfield so yeah I couldn't tell if it was Mounier or Kachunga had a big header chance in the first half to score a goal but of course missed Right, and then when you have misses like that, it takes away from your confidence. It's like, man, oh, yeah. if you're especially, not converting your easy chances, you're like, well, what is it going to take? a lower table side like that, you got to score those chances to even just have a chance in maybe even the next game. Like, Absolutely. From Huddersfield's perspective, you've got to take advantage of those chances because you're not going to be facing a Crystal Palace every week. You know, no disrespect to Crystal Palace, but these are games you've got to at least fight for a yeah. point. Yeah, and, uh, one 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 is better than a one zero, so you got to get that goal. Absolutely. Man City, not surprising. They did what they had to do, took care of business against Fulham at home. Walk in the park for them. Yeah, standard City performance. Uh, Leroy Sané seems to have come <laughs> to agreement with Pep Guardiola, and they life is all great now. And he comes on the field and scores in less than two minutes. Absolutely ripping my heart to shreds because I benched him in my fantasy league uh, because of their little riff, and I didn't know when it was going to end, and I was trying to follow up on it, and I was like, is he going to start? Is he, he going to start? And of course, he started and scored. So I feel like Pep keeps those things pretty hidden, you know? Yeah, Pep is not the type of guy that... Not going to Mourinho bash you in the media. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to make it you know, a priority to have the spotlight on him all the time and, and like Chase said, you know, bash the media and... He, he wants to settle matters the most efficient way possible without too much media attention. So I think he did. He handled the situation very well. Uh, it's good to see Sané back on the field. He's a quality player. Also, David Silva scored his 50th Premier League goal in this game. Uh, he's my early choice for player of the year right now. David Silva? Yeah. David Silva is that guy that will so put underrated. in... He puts in an 8 out of 10 performance every game have you seen i can't remember the last time i saw david silva have a poor performance no where i sat after a game and was like man he really wow david silva was poor today it doesn't happen and then when he puts in a good one you're just kind of like eh, david silva he just you know he just had another game but it's like it's so good that it's just become so average for him right it's like we're so accustomed to seeing david silva producing game in and game out why Barcelona does not have David Silva in their team confuses me because he's like a perfect Barcelona player. Absolutely. Technical quality, that Spanish talent. I mean, he's insane. Insane. Great player. And he's all one-footed too, so it's crazy. Yeah, it is. City move up to third in the league on 13 points uh, with that victory. You could argue they should have 15. Again, going back to the controversial goal 
uh, that Wolves scored against them, but still, City are comfortable. They're only two points yeah. out from the top. Still really early. Yep, long way to go, so no worries there. Newcastle-Arsenal. I like this one because this is the only game that I predicted the score correctly. Luckily. Luckily, exactly, because Newcastle scored a uh, garbage-time uh, goal there at the end to make it 2-1. Arsenal, a couple players that really needed to step up, and, and especially just because the media likes to attack these particular individuals. Granite Xhaka... A gorgeous 25-yard free kick. Mm, I, I thought Torreira was going to take it, to be honest, because he just came on and he loves his free kicks, but Xhaka stepped up and that was nasty. It was a very nice free kick. And then Mesut Ozil there to calmly put away the second goal. Good finish, very, you know, like I said, very calm and cool. Oh, yeah, that, that finish was underrated because he just kind of just stepped up to it, one touch, bang. Yeah, he made it look simple, but... Uh, I can assure you it's not that simple <laughs> at that level. But it, uh, good for Ozil and good for Jaka for both of them, too. Sure, you and I have both had a chance just like that oh, in real life yeah. where we just whiffed. Skied it or whiffed it completely. <laughs> exactly. Three straight wins for Arsenal. I know. It's no like one's one of those little, you know? little known. Yeah, they're kind of just steadily moving their way back up into things. They move up to seventh in the Premier League. Had two tough games to start the season, and then they're going to get rolling, and then they're going to have another tough one, and we'll know by then if they're ready. Yeah, for sure. And the, and you think about, like you said, the two tough games to start the season. Look who they drop points against. Obviously, we don't want to see that. You, you know, what makes the best teams take that next step? Well, you've yeah. got to beat the top six. Okay. They failed to do that in these two circumstances. However, they're rebuilding. They barely lost against they lost against Chelsea by one goal, and they could have won that game. Yeah, it was a very open game. Even Chelsea were not at their best in that game. So you look at that one, okay. But I'd much rather lose the City and Chelsea than Brighton and, uh, you know, somebody like that. Mid, at the mid to lower table teams, exactly. It, 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 it shows that Arsenal are still, like you said, in that rebuilding phase, taking steps in the right direction. And they have, even the next four or five games, all very winnable. Yeah. They need to keep this momentum going, uh, you know, going forward over the next few months to really show that they can be a contender. Mm-hmm. Especially if they want to get back in the Champions League. So Newcastle, on the other side of things, they sit third from the bottom with only a single point after five matches. So this begs the question, early in the season, yes, we know, are Newcastle going to stay up? I don't know. I remember when this was a problem two years ago when uh, Rafa came in and nobody knew if they were going to stay up, and he saved them. Yeah, Rafa has that that no, quality what? about him, but I don't know if this team is just really... I'm trying to think if they have any players from that same team even. It's a completely different side now, I think. I don't know if I've seen a side under the last four or five seasons that has undergone more change in personnel yeah. than Newcastle. I mean, this team, I, it's hard to keep up with this team. I don't even, like, that's it, what I'm trying to think. I really don't know. There are three, four guys maybe on at, that same team? At the most, I think. This team has undergone so many changes, you know, the player level, the management level. It's just uh, the players that they buy I don't think are quality enough for the league. That's the problem. It's, it's a good... Very good championship side, yeah. but not a good Premier League side. And I think that could end up costing them at the end of the season. If they stay up, it's going to be just barely, in my opinion. It's going to be close. It's uh, They don't look good. Yeah, they're definitely struggling. I know they uh, scored a goal against Arsenal, but that defense, anybody can score against that defense in the 90th <laughs> minute, to be honest. You never really know. Yeah, and you can argue again, just like with the Leicester-Bournemouth game, Arsenal may have been a little complacent, 2-0, feeling a little comfortable and... You know, there isn't too much to read into that. So, Watford United, hmm. kind we, of 
we both agreed that Wofford were going to drop points. I didn't have Wofford losing, but I'm also not surprised. I think part of that had to do with the international break, the momentum. You talked about that. It helps United a little bit or helped them clearly as it showed in the performance. But Wofford weren't poor. No. They just, you know, weren't great defending either. Uh, Chris Smalling had a nice goal, though. That one was hard to defend. Very technical goal. But I, I wouldn't say, looking at this result, that Wofford are all of a sudden going to be a shambles or drop, you know, continuously lose games. It's United, quality opponent. They only lost by a goal. They still look pretty solid. They they should have probably won that game, in my opinion. In the second half, they certainly, once they scored the goal, when Gray scored the goal, they had the momentum. They were on yeah. the front foot. It was The feeling was they were going to at least get an equalizer, but they just couldn't do it. No. The only bad thing about Wofford, like you said, don't don't freak out because it's early in the season, but they have Tottenham and Arsenal coming up in back-to-back game weeks. Yeah, that's going to be a rough stretch for them. So we'll really see what they're about. I mean, United this week, and then I, I don't We'll talk about who they play this week, but then they play Spurs and Arsenal, so it'll be tough. Yeah, they play uh, Fulham this week, but they those games are coming up, yeah. um, and that's going to be very difficult for Wofford. We're going to, like Chase said, we're really going to see what they're all about with, with those types of games on the, on the fly like that. Wolves-Burnley, this game, I'm a little mad about this because I predicted 3-0 Wolves. I was so confident. I was like, Burnley's a shambles, and they are because Wolves had 30 shots. Very uh, attack-minded, like I anticipated. They played entertaining football. 30. Chase, I'm telling you, this game, kind of like the Liverpool game, this could have been a 3-4-0 scoreline by halftime easily. Wolves missed sitters. It's like they didn't want to win 3-4-0, or but they won comfortably 1-0 in the end. But, man, <laughs> it felt like a 3-4-0 or game. A comfy 1-0. Yeah, you don't really – that doesn't really go together normally, but Burnley were – Burnley, I, Burnley this year, you know. Burnley's been disappointing. Yeah. They really have. I The Europa League expectations weighed heavily on them. Even though that's been long settled, they're out of it. We get that by now. But they still haven't. It's like, okay, your focus now is on the league. Yeah. Staying in the league. Mm-hmm. And here they are sitting rock bottom of the Barclays Premier League. They're <laughs> now they might be done. Another team is this team going to survive? The way they're playing right now. I mean, we were just roasting on West Ham, and we'll get to them in a minute. Here's the thing: West Ham have quality. Burnley do not have that quality. Burnley don't have quality in their side right now that says I think this team can come together and put a good run of games in where they can get like you know eight points out of 12 or, you know, a good run. I don't I don't see that out of this Burnley side. No, and I don't see anybody on that side that's just going to take over and score a couple goals here and there to make sure they win that game. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not seeing it at all with this team. So Wolves, with the victory, move up to ninth in the league with eight points. Modest, you know, kind of what you'd expect from Wolves. They're a pretty solid team. Burnley, not so much. Everton, West Ham, this was a little bit of a surprising scoreline. Good to see the Hammers finally get out of the rock-bottom scenario in the league. They get a very convincing win on the road, 3-1. Andre Yarmolenko scored twice. He now is, uh, as I mentioned in my notes, I put someone other than Marco Arnautovic, finally, contributing goals for West Ham. Good to see (laughs) that. Good performance from him. And West Ham now actually rise out of the relegation zone with the win to 16th. And Everton dropped to 10th. 
uh, with six points on the season. It's kind of a disappointing performance from Everton's perspective, being at home. Yeah. You Especially know, against a team that was as poor as West Ham was coming in, don't you think? Yeah, I agree. Again, it's just one of those situations where international break kind of threw everybody off and the rust from the, the break. I'm not entirely sure what happened from Everton's perspective. If this was a 3-1 loss on the road, maybe you could say, okay, the fans got behind West Ham, they were, the momentum and all that. But you're at home, and to lose to a team at the bottom of the league, 3-1, it's a little concerning. Maybe don't want to look into it too far because it's so early in the season. It's one poor result. You know, could just say, oh, they had a bad day at the office. But definitely a disappointing performance from their perspective. Southampton-Brighton, we said this was going to be a Snooze dull... Fest, right? Pretty much. Like, I, I said, I'm not going to tune in during during my work hours to watch this. As it turns out, uh, I actually had a doctor's appointment that day, came home, watched the second half, and I am glad I did because this Brighton team is fun to watch. <laughs> they <laughs> like to go down 2-0 and come back in the 67th minute. Yeah, that's weird. That is so weird. I don't, I don't know what else to say. That's just awkward to me. They showed that stat, and I was just mind-blown. So if you ca- in case you don't understand what I'm referring to, last week against Fulham, Brighton go down 2-0. They scored their first goal in the 67th minute, came back to draw 2-2. This week against Southampton, Brighton go down 2-0, come back, tie the game 2-2, first goal scored in the 67th minute. Like, that doesn't happen. No. Two <laughs> weeks in a row, especially. Very bizarre stat. Kind of cool, but very bizarre. Uh, Hoiberg had an outstanding goal for Southampton in the first half. Just want to give him a shout-out. I remember when he was a young up-and-comer at Bayern. Yes, and it just never panned out. He he looks a good player, but it's still Southampton. So you, I don't know how they're going to be for the rest of the season. Yeah, Southampton's got a lot of question marks, but that individual goal oh. was outstanding. He phenomenal, all of thirty five yards out. Technique was insane. He'll never hit a ball cleaner than that. No way. Low drive, a little bit of outside swerve, tucks in the bottom corner of the net. Back to back game weeks, he scored now. Yeah. Pick first him two, up. First two goals in the Premier League back-to-back weeks. Yeah, very impressive goal there. But Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray. This man <laughs> gets a penalty. Cool as you like. The man can't stop scoring. He put it right down the middle, too. Yeah, he did. He's full of confidence. I love it. Glenn Murray is fun to watch, even at his age. Oh, man, he's shielding people off, trying yeah. to do nutmegs on the sideline. It's hilarious. He's enjoying him. himself. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Like Even if he, he knows he's older and not as quick as he was before, but he's... He's giving them the bodies. He is, and he's a goal scorer. You know, he's, he's fun to watch. So... With that draw, Brighton remain 14th in the table. Southampton are 13th in the table. Both teams sit on five points. So not a ton to assess there, but again, Brighton really showing the character and the resiliency to fight back and get a point again. That's very impressive from their standpoint. It begs the question, why are they playing such passive football and going down 2-0 in the first place when they clearly show that when they attack, they can score goals? It's, it kind of begs that question. Yeah, they're a brutal team. Yeah, they're, they're tough to play. Yeah. They really are. They, they they should have every other team in the league struggling, to be honest. Yeah. So that recaps our analysis for Game Week 5. So quick shout-out to the three stars of the week. We've got Ryan Frazier from Bournemouth. He had two goals and an assist against Leicester. Easy I, pick. Easy. That's the easiest one I think we had of the three. Yeah. 
the man, like we mentioned, this form is just scintillating. He's on fire. Like, wow. He is. He takes over these games by the scruff of the neck, and he shows that he's Bournemouth's best player. Yeah, very important player for Bournemouth. Not quite Zaha to Palace. I would say there's there's a couple more individuals Sim- on Bournemouth. Very similar. But kind of similar right yeah. now. Yep, he's very important. Why, of course, how are you not going to include uh, Hazard with his hat trick for Chelsea? Pretty obvious pick there as well. Controlled the game by himself, basically. Definitely. Whenever he gets the ball, it's going to be problems for whoever he's running at. Yep. Andre Yarmolenko, two goals for West Ham. That second goal also was filthy. That curve he put on yes. that ball, that was that was filthy. Yeah, Yarmolenko uh, from Ukraine. Uh, I don't know if they, they... I can't remember if they said that he's already Ukraine's highest. He's really close, if not a uh, goal scorer in the Premier League. Uh, he's a player that can certainly... You know, make a run for that if he's not already, because he's he's very he he just showed in this game he has a lot of quality. Oh yeah, technical ability is there for him. Yeah, good to see him getting introduced in the squad for West Ham. So those are your three stars of the week. We're gonna give a quick rundown of the Premier League teams in the Champions League. Match day one is in the books. Liverpool versus PSG. What a cracker of a game that was. We all expected an entertaining match, and we got it. Didn't miss a minute of it. It was so much fun to watch. So good to see Liverpool play a side like that at Anfield once again. European Knights at Anfield. Just spectacular for for this competition. Bobby Firmino is a hero. Trying to contain my excitement. The man, what, 92nd minute? And he did it to his national team teammate, too. So, Oh, yeah. Marquinhos was not happy with his defending on that play. No. Was it, could it have been defended better? Yes. <laughs> the yeah. angle wasn't terrible, but Firmino did put a... Uh, That's know, a world-class finish right there. It's a it very is. world-class finish. There's no question about it. Yeah, you're not stopping that. Love the celebration. <laughs> Firmino, oh, God, his celebrations are the best. And then you got Mane. How can you not love a guy like Mane? copycat man of the year just comes over he's gonna cover his eye too why not uh liverpool second half dominant i think it deserved 3-2 win huge win for that group for liverpool the only surprise for me from that whole game was uh how quiet salah was really to be honest and uh yeah salah Mbappe was, was pretty quiet all the big name guys were pretty quiet to be honest yeah neymar yeah all those guys are pretty quiet minus salah's mistake which <sighs> Helped you know give you Mbappe known that he goal. Had a bad game. Yeah, he was very very quiet. And, and Mbappe, uh, as Chase mentioned, quiet. And and that goes that you got to give credit to Trent Alexander Arnold and um, Andrew Robertson on on the flanks for uh, defensive positions. Very very solid all game. Those young lads. and uh, you you forgot James Milner. Just another almost I mean man of the match kind of performance from him again. He is a no-nonsense player. Oh, man, that tackle he had on Neymar was insane. Not afraid to put in the tackles. No, Neymar's like, holy crap, I haven't felt that in a long time. Yeah. Welcome to the uh, Premier League, you know, turn Champions League. I mean, that was an incredible tackle. And, yeah, Milner deserved man of the match without question. What can you say about Tottenham Hotspur other than this team is not built for Europe? Or what ch- happened? away leads in the last 15 yeah. minutes. 1-0, on the road to enter. In control, too. In control of the match. You just put it to bed, right? No. Spurs doing what Spurs do. Concede two late goals. 
to throw away the three points. That Icardi goal was also pretty filthy. <laughs> Outstanding individual strike by Icardi. One of those goals that Icardi and maybe a handful of other players are scoring that type yeah. of goal. Strikers that score that goal are special. Exactly. Spurs, though, it's a disappointing defeat. Inter, sure, are a tougher side now, but now when you face them at home, you've absolutely got to get the three points. There's yeah, no question yeah, about it. The only it. good thing about that was that it was away from home for Spurs, to be honest. Other than that, it was pretty you know, performance, considering that they lost. If they would have won that game or drew, they would have been okay with it because they dominated most of the game. Right, and at least if they draw, Inter also only gets a point. Now Inter has three points, you have zero, so that's a huge loss for them. Yeah, you didn't mention uh, in Liverpool's group, Napoli drew points against Red Star, so Liverpool yes. has an even bigger advantage now. That's a very good point. Napoli, you know, on paper, pretty tough side, so that's a huge, uh, uh, a couple of huge points dropped for Napoli as well. And big for Liverpool. Yeah, considering they just beat the hardest opponent in that group. Right, a big swing in Liverpool's favor there. What about Manchester City losing at home at the Etihad to Lyon today? 1-2, or 2-1, the final score there. Liverpool hearts, including mine broken. Fakir was outstanding. (laughs) He's fun to watch. He's really good. Really, really good. He might be uh, Lyon's best player, and we might Arsenal. We might have bought the wrong uh, French striker from Lyon. Yeah, looking at it now, it's like, wow, this guy is. He came. He's taken over that team. Yeah, he is. He's he's enjoying himself. City. Do we look into it too far? I mean, they're favorites to win it, right? They're favorites to win the competition. So that is is surprising to me. A good side with a lot of depth. I think. I mean, it makes sense, but, like, really? Have they really made that much noise to merit favorites? In Europe, right. I don't know about that. It may be a little... They're they're taking the Premier League to Champions League, I think. They're not just going to blow the... I think that's the problem. It's not a given, is it? With results like that, let's just say that if you did, like, a power ranking, they're definitely not the favorites. No. They need to get it in gear uh, on the European side. Manchester United were able to do that uh, just fine uh, against young boys from Switzerland with a 3-0 win on the road. I mean, a team that they would have been expected to cruise against. So, it, again, we're not, looking, we're not going to look into this too far as to say no. United are you know going to cruise and go really far into the competition. Pogba is not scoring two goals and having an assist every game. Right. Good, good three points, <laughs> good clean sheet, good result. Take nothing away from them. But one game is not going Even to... Even if they cruise, they're still in the group stages right now. Right. Right. It's like, way too early. To way this. too early to confuse anything with overreactions right now. Right. Two Premier League teams outstanding. Two Premier League teams very disappointing. So it's, we'll see how it continues to go on as we go into the uh, second match day in a couple weeks. So... Going into the fantasy uh, start-sit segment. I had a killer week this week. Killer week. Chase had a good week. He's feeling pretty good. I made some poor decisions, particularly benching Leroy Sané. Disappointing, I know. I need to get my act together. But this week, we feel pretty good about our start-sit decisions. I know last week, listening to some of those, it's like, what are these guys talking about? 
there were some tough calls last we're, week. We're going to stay away from the less obvious, easy, obvious ones from now on. We're going to give you a little bit of more reasonable ones. Yeah, more variety. Players that are on good form or you know, players that aren't necessarily the household names. I'm not just going to say Aguero every week. Yeah, we don't want to be, oh, Man City's playing Cardiff or Man City's playing Burnley, so I'm going to start Sergio Aguero. I'm just going to say right now, since Man City is playing Cardiff, start every City (laughs) player. (laughs) If you're full of City players, start off. Yeah. But from a kind of more neutral standpoint, uh, for our starting positions with forward, Callum Wilson for Bournemouth against Burnley, I think this is a good show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I could see him scoring or having an assist. Yeah, Burnley's as we can tell, are struggling. And Bournemouth is on fire. Yeah. Put it four against Leicester, start Callum Wilson. Midfield position, James Madison against Huddersfield. Another, I feel like, easy call. He should have a big coming out party, I think. Yep. Huddersfield is a perfect opponent for James Madison to really go off. So I would definitely start him if you have him in your league. We're taking a little bit more of a leap of faith for the defensive position. Uh, we got Juan Basaka for Crystal Palace against Newcastle. I mean, not a huge gamble, but I think this is a good opportunity for yeah. Juan with Basaka. Zaha's goal, he uh, Juan Basaka still won man of the match for uh, Crystal Palace that last week. So he's been pretty good for them since he's taken over that position. So and he scores goals or gets an assist every once in a while, and he's playing a poor side. So perfect opportunity for him as well. A goalkeeper, we've got uh, Hennessy. And or you could throw in Schmeichel. This one we had a little bit more of a tough time with. So if you've got one or the other between Hennessy and Schmeichel, Hennessy plays against Newcastle uh, for Crystal Palace, and then Schmeichel for Leicester plays against Huddersfield. So another great opportunity for a Crystal Palace or a Leicester uh, player for this week. For the sit uh, players, for forward, this is an interesting one. This one might be a little bit uh, controversial. But we've got Harry Kane against Brighton. And I think this one goes down to Brighton's resiliency and the character they've shown to get back into games. And Harry Kane himself has not been Harry Kane that we're used to. I think he needs a break, to be honest. The World Cup and all these games following right after, they take a toll on a striker, and you can tell when they're hurting him mentally and physically. And he just looks out of it right now. So, I mean, this would be a perfect game for them to sit him, potentially, but it's Harry Kane. It's Premier League. He's going to play. Yeah, I don't think Spurs are going to bench Harry Kane. But it is an away trip to Brighton. And like we said, Brighton's been tough. Yeah, they're going to they're going to they're going to hit him a lot. Yeah. I think I think this would be a good opportunity to sit Harry Kane. And Harry Kane scores a hat trick for Spurs this week. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right? No, I I think we uh shoot, he could. I mean, he's <laughs> he's he has that quality, but I think this would be a, if there's a week to sit him you, normally Brighton doesn't scream, I want to sit this player, but just based on kind of like what Chase is saying, just the amount of games he's played, I think this would be a time to, to sit Harry Kane. Yeah. He probably he played 90 against Inter, so. Yeah. He, he's so relied on in that position. In the midfield slot, he's coming off a great week. He's full of confidence, but don't start him. Andre Yarmolenko, why aren't we starting him? Well, he's playing Chelsea. Yeah, he's playing a good, good compact side, and West Ham haven't been good other than last week. So, Chelsea are a frustrating team to play yeah. against. You're not going to break them down real quick and easy, right? They don't concede a ton of goals. 
it's it's just hard to see Andre Yarmolenko scoring twice against yeah. Chelsea. So, let alone one. Yeah, prove me wrong, but this one I feel more comfortable with for sure. I think over Harry like this one I feel really good about against Chelsea. So yeah, in the defender position, again coming off of a good game week, got himself a goal. Sol Bamba, I mean, because they conceded for uh, Cardiff last week against Chelsea, but Sol Bamba himself had a goal. And he scored a high number of fantasy points this season. He's he's had a good season, but this man is playing the champions. Yeah. Manchester City. Uh, I is there it. really anything to discuss on this one? No. You should know not to play him, kind <laughs> just, of. Just just bench him. We shouldn't have to help you with this. Yeah, this is a, this is a bench. Goalkeeper. This one's another tough one. Could throw two names into the mix. Got Jordan Pickford for Everton. Uh, he had a shambles of an error against West Ham that led to one of their goals. Okay, oh. so me with Pickford, during the World Cup, he was pretty damn good. But I personally do not rate Pickford at all. It's I, it's a great story. We, I, I think a tweet resurfaced that uh, it was like from 2012, 2013, something about complaining about you know something about his mom or something about it was just it was just kind of funny because it's something we could all relate to as a kid like getting yelled at or picked on by his parents and then now he's sitting here you know he was in the world cup making saves for england great story but like chase said he's the premier league has been a tough test for him this season yeah even last season he wasn't too good he wasn't fantastic no and i think that's another thing with the british media maybe overhyping another british talent you know, yeah. let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Jordan Pickford is playing away to Arsenal. Arsenal's been scoring some goals lately. I think this is a safe bet to put on your bench. And not only that, Jordan Pickford just conceded three times at home to West Ham. Their yeah. defense is shocking, too. Yes, it is. And it'll leak. Yeah, I feel... Hopefully a lot of goals. <laughs> yeah, for Chase's sake, hopefully a lot. Also, McCarthy from Southampton... Playing Liverpool on the road, I think this is a pretty safe, clear decision yeah. as well. So if you have either one of those two, this week would be a good time to sit them. So moving forward into the weekly power rankings, we've got a new team sneaking up into the top four, a team dropping out of the top four. The top three, Chelsea in the number one spot, deserved. Yeah. You know, 5-0-0, best goal difference in the league. Looking like a team that, which I didn't think coming into the season, but no. they could mount a serious title challenge. I mean, we'll see. But a very good. We go see. We go see. Very good start so far for Chelsea. Liverpool take the second spot. Kind of the same idea. Five zero and zero. You could argue, oh, they just beat Spurs though, and you know Chelsea beat you know Arsenal. So I think Liverpool at second is a good is a good place for them. Yeah. Manchester City at the third position. Pretty cut and dry for that one as well. But sneaking into the fourth slot is Bournemouth. They've been really good, so... Why not, right? Yeah. I mean, they keep it up. They could be in fourth pretty shortly. Yeah, in the table. So uh, that's the top four for the power rankings this week. Again, that is Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, and Bournemouth. So moving on into the final segment, we have got our predictions for game week six. The first game of the week is Fulham against Watford in the early Saturday contest. I say early for those of us in the States because it is 7.30 Eastern time. That's 
uh, British time, so not early lunchtime game there. For Fulham Watford, I like goals in this one. I also like a draw. I think both teams, particularly Fulham, have a leaky defense. So I'm liking a 2-2 draw in this one. I have a 1-2 Watford. Well, 2-1 to Watford. Okay. I don't know. It could be a, I think it could be a good game. Yeah, I think it'll be entertaining. Yeah. I, I think these teams will both go for it. Yeah. This I, is going to be a hard-fought, scrappy Premier League game. Right. I don't I don't think this would be a... If this is a nil-nil, I'd be shocked. I kind of think I'm going to watch it. Yeah, yeah, if I'm up, I might uh, tune into that one. Yeah, I think that could be fun. Yeah. Burnley versus Bournemouth. I'm surprised I gave Burnley a goal. I'm, I'm thinking like a consolation, but Bournemouth comfortable 3-1 win for me. 2-0. Okay. Same margin. Win. Right. Bournemouth comfortable. Yeah, I think either way it's a comfortable. We can both agree it's yeah. a comfortable victory for Bournemouth. I mean, we've been wrong before, so shock We have. We were so confident in those first the last week's games, but for some reason this week I feel more confident. We'll see. It's the Premier League. Anything can happen. Yeah. Kind of like I'm very confident that Manchester City are going to beat Cardiff 2-0. Only 2-0. That's I have a... 4-0. Okay. <laughs> I think they're going to just keep doing what they do. Score goals? Yeah. Why only 2-0, Brandon? Well, this is why. I think... Yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> that begs the question. I think... Well, actually, I feel... <laughs> here's the thing. I feel more justified with this scoreline because of the loss they just took to Lyon in the Champions League. Like, yeah, that really that really justifies... Because no, I made the prediction just before that. They're going to smash them now. <laughs> yeah, Card- yeah, they're, they're, they're pissed. They're going to come out firing all cylinders. Uh, you know, everybody, even the top teams, have their struggles, right? Oh, yeah. And it's on the road. Yeah, I can see Cardiff being like that kind of I annoying love, performance. I'd love Cardiff to win this game. That'd be amazing. Oh, just to see. Yeah. yeah. yeah it would be cool. It'd be really cool for me, you know, yeah. to be at the top of the league or near the top of the league and see City drop points. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing City drop points every once in a while. Absolutely not. But at the end of the day, I, I feel comfortable with at least a 2 0 win. Chase is really putting on the goals for a 4 0. Chelsea just put four on him, so we'll see. Wax him. Yeah. Palace versus Newcastle. I got a 2 1 victory for Palace. 1 0 for Palace. 1 0 for I'm Palace. I'm going to keep riding that 1 0. Zaha, right? Yeah, Zaha yeah. goal. No, Juan Basaka, actually. Juan Basaka, yeah, because we started Juan Basaka. So he's going to get the clean sheet and a goal, he, and he's going to get the bonus points. He's going to get like 20 Somehow this week. Somehow in hell he's going to assist himself. Yeah, he's going to find a way. Pele assist, you know, kick it off the defender, run in there, and shoot it. Yep, he's going to find a way to get all the fancy points possible this week. <laughs> Leicester versus Huddersfield. I've got a resounding, well, I shouldn't say resounding, but a comfortable 2-0. I got the same. Okay. Yeah, 2-0. Huddersfield... Is this team going to score goals? I, I just, I don't know. I, I can't, I don't feel anyone this team no. is going to step up and score for them. No, me either. Not even consolation. I'm not even giving them that. Liverpool, Southampton. I had a tough time with this one, actually. Not, I, I have Liverpool winning, but I was like, do I give Southampton a goal? And I did. I, I got 3-1. I got a 2-1, but. Ooh, so you're thinking of. I don't think it'll be close. Just the scoreline will make yeah, it Yeah, it'll make it look closer than what it was. And I can see that. Liverpool coming off of a very tedious schedule. Just played Spurs, PSG. The, you know, the fitness level is a concern. 
it's just one of those games where they get a little comfortable. Like, they're dominating at home, but they're only up, let's say, 2-0, and then Southampton get one back, and then it becomes a little edgy. You could see, like, one of those yeah, types of games for Liverpool. That's what I see. I see, like, Southampton getting one late in the second half, maybe even early in the second half, and then Liverpool controlling it for the rest of the game. Yeah, I could see something like that, too. Or Liverpool, with my scoreline, you know, going up 2-0, Southampton get one back, it's a little edgy, and then Southampton are pressing for that equalizer, and then at the end, Liverpool put a third away. You know, something like that. It's very realistic. Um, United Wolves. I've got United winning 1-0 in this one. 2-2. Whoa. I'm just going to go 2-2. I just don't think the defenses are good for both sides. Yeah, you have a point there. I I have a one nil win just because United are kind of like sometimes that yeah, scrappy yeah, team. Yeah, I see. A, I I had a one zero for United last week, and they still only won by a goal. Yeah, two two draw. Interesting uh, scoreline. Very different with one nil and two two. I I still like the one nil. Wolves could give United trouble, but United being at Old Trafford, I just I feel confident they're. They they're making a revival. They're not, you know, in scintillating form by any stretch of the imagination. But I do like United to get a, just a, a a close victory in that one. Brighton versus Spurs. Brighton the draw kings. I say they do it again, Ooh. and Spurs drop points in this one. One one. I got two one to Spurs. That was my initial scoreline. But with. Again, with Brighton's resiliency, being at home is another thing. Spurs, two defeats a row in the Premier League, and they just lost to Inter in the Champions League. Obviously, Inter, Brighton, the, the quality difference, I get that. Spurs are kind of in a... They're struggling right now. Yeah, they they could... Uh, I could see a draw with yeah. how Brighton's playing and with how Spurs are playing. Yeah, I think this will be a close game either way. And I think it'll actually be pretty entertaining. But I think Spurs drop points, drop more points. West Ham versus Chelsea. Good win for West Ham last week, but I think Chelsea get a 2-1 victory on this one. Back-to-back hat-tricks for Hazard. You're kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, wow. I I really thought... 3-1, though. 3-1 Chelsea. Yeah. Okay. Another one of those comfortable Chelsea wins, you know. Does Hazard get on the score sheet? Penalty. Penalty? Okay. Yeah, Penalty. He's thinking about it. He's, he's like, I can picture this whole thing in my head. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you called the hat trick last week. I wouldn't be surprised if Hazard gets you know gets a goal in this game and it's from a penalty. Arsenal versus Everton. 3-2 to Arsenal. High-scoring game. 4-1. Woo! Here's the thing. Both teams have porous defenses. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those where Arsenal go up like 3-0 or 3-1 and then Kind of like last week, maybe get a little complacent and then Everton grab a late one or something. I think Arsenal will always be in control of the game, but I think this will be one of those weird games where, kind of like your prediction with Liverpool Southampton, where the score line makes it look closer than what it seemed. So kind of kind of like uh, uh, Arsenal and Newcastle this past weekend. Exactly, because Arsenal were always in control, but it ended up being two one. Which if you watch the game, it, it did feel, not feel like it did not feel like a two one game. So those are our predictions for uh, game week six. We hope you enjoyed this third episode of the Footy Bros Premier League podcast. We'll be back at it again next week for some more analysis, some more predictions, some more fantasy stardom sit-em, power rankings, and much more. And hopefully next time we can come back with a little more peace of mind saying, yeah, we got a lot of those games right, or you know, we, we call These those stars. These are hard to get. It's very, very difficult. We thought about tracking our records, but... 
we did so poor last week. We don't even want to start then. We don't even want to do that. So we have some kind of credibility left. But anyway, thanks again for listening, guys. And uh, we are now, I just want to let you guys know that we are now available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify in addition to the home site Anchor uh, for listening as well. So subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And uh, we'll be back at it again next week. You guys take care. Peace out.